Today's scripture reading is from Joshua 24, verses 14 to 15. Now therefore revere the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your ancestors served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Now if you are unwilling to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve whether the gods your ancestors served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God. Good morning, Ebenezer Church. How are you all doing this week? I hope it was a good week for you. Amen. Was it? (laughs) Amen. Amen. My name is Donovan Archie. I'm one of the pastors here. If we have not had the chance to meet today, it is always a joy and and pleasure to be in worship with you today. And I'm so glad that each and every one of you all are here uh, today. It really is a blessing to have you. Well, as we get started today, do you mind if I share a story with you about something interesting that happened to me just two weeks ago? Is that okay? Awesome. I'm so glad when you always give me permission to share my stories. It it, it really tickles me. I appreciate it. So uh, just two weeks ago, I had the blessed opportunity to uh, be a part of a leadership training held by the United Methodist Church. Uh, They seek to bring leaders together uh, within our region uh, to help prepare them on uh, leadership dynamics. Uh, What they do is they assess you and they look at your leadership style, your qualities, and they help you to identify some of the strongest points of your leadership. And then after that, they help you to reorder what's best, what is the best part of your leadership? What's the thing, what are the things that really need some work? And how do you take what are the goals and priorities in your life and reorder them in a way that really helps you to capitalize on the things that you're best at, that really helps you to be the leader that God has called you to be? Um, forget about all the leadership training. That's not the important part of this story. I gotta tell you about a time I went to the bathroom. I go to the bathroom because <laughs> I go to the bathroom because I have to use the bathroom. And on my way out of the bathroom, I saw this sign here. Now, when I first looked at this sign, when I first looked at it, I thought that it was the name of a country or a couple countries that I had never heard of before. I even had the idea that, huh, perhaps this is maybe some language that I had not seen or heard before as well. Well, I looked a little bit more intently and I saw that, of course, it says ladies to the left and gentlemen to the right. Well, I said, this is interesting because whoever the designer is ordered the letters backwards and perhaps the signs were too expensive for them to fix the sign. So they decided to keep it. Those were some of my lingering thoughts. Well, I go back to my session and I find myself coming back to the bathroom because I had way too much to drink. Water. I had water to drink. (laughs) And I know you're probably thinking, well, that's why you saw the signs backwards. I promise it was water. <laughs> it was water. I had way too much water to drink. And on my way back to the bathroom, there is a mirror, a mirror that's right in front of or in between both the bathrooms. And then I saw this. So as you can see, the words ladies and gentlemen are now facing the right, facing in the right direction. The ladies restroom approaching is to the left and the gentlemen's restroom is to the right. I thought this was interesting. Isn't that fascinating? 
It seemed fascinating to me because it began to rouse some thoughts in my mind. I began to start thinking about, well, why is it they, why is it, what would be a reason for them putting the ladies and the gentlemen's sign backwards? And then when I actually saw the reason for which they put it in the right direction so that we could know what bathroom is where while looking in the mirror, approaching the bathroom, I said, huh, this was done on purpose. Some of the thoughts, other thoughts that began to run around in my mind were, when is it a good time to put things backwards? Is there ever a good time to put things backwards in our lives? Especially as we're considering a sermon series called Recalibrate. Is there ever a good time to align things or to reorder things in a way that helps it make sense for the purpose for which we're called or called to be? Is there a reason in which we are called to put things in a different alignment? Is there ever a reason for us to recalibrate things in a way that truly helps a particular purpose or function? In today's text, Joshua helps us to wrestle with some of these thoughts that I've been wrestling with. Joshua Joshua presents the Israelites with the choice today. He presents them with this choice to rely on the things they had served on before or to recalibrate their lives, to reorder their lives, and to serve God no matter what. To depend on God for all that they need. He also helps us to think about what it would like, what it would, what it would be like for us to reorder or reorient things in our own lives. And what it would mean to recalibrate the order of the, of priorities in our lives to ensure that God is at the forefront of our lives and our being. Pray that Joshua has some powerful things to say today, and I think he will. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you so much for, God, this message and uh, this unit of scripture, as it will help to inform us of how we are called to turn things around, to reorder things so that we put you first in our lives. Help us to understand how we could make this word, this unit of scripture, applicable to the life that we live today before you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. If you ask me, church, I would say as often as possible. I would say as often as you can, reorder things in your life to make sure that God is the priority. Number one, come up with a list of priorities and the things you love and the things that you care about. But oftentimes make sure that God is at the top of that list. Oftentimes we could do this once a quarter or once a year, but I invite you to make this an ongoing practice in your life. How often do we put things backwards or rearrange things or reorder things to make sure that God is first? I submit to you often. Oftentimes in our lives, we could feel like there's some strange things happening in our lives, that we're perhaps at a point where we're distant from God or we feel like God is far away and unreachable. Sometimes we may find in our lives that we can't perhaps hear from God. And sometimes even we may get into a place where we can't speak to God. We even may have in our lives this feeling, this deep feeling of void or emptiness. And we have this deep longing and this need for God to fill us in the places that are most empty, that need God the most. And these are the times where we then have to ask ourselves the question, are we putting God first in our lives? Are we making God a priority in everything that we do from making decisions to building our relationships to attending church to showing up on our jobs? 
You see, Joshua knew this full well. His entire leadership, his entire leadership journey was spent helping the Israelites to reorient their lives, to reorder their lives, to recalibrate their lives in a way that would help put God at the forefront of their lives, to make God the head. If you had not heard the story of Joshua before, I want to encourage you to look back at our past four sermon series because I've preached through the entire book of Joshua. I don't know if we planned that, (laughs) but I preached through the entire book. I also encourage you just to go to Joshua 1 and just begin reading. It is a fascinating tale of God's hand on Joshua and the Israelites. But for today, Joshua is a leader that was anointed and appointed as the leader of Israel during a time where they were at their most stagnant place. They were at a place where they were in their most disoriented phase or point or place in life. And they were in need of some structure. They were need, they were in need of reordering. They were in need of reorientation in their lives. You see, their lead, their first leader, Moses, had led them through the Red Sea in promise or in journey to a place where God had promised for them. A place where God could be their God and be their, and be God's special possession. And now after Moses' leadership, Joshua is now charged with the task and the job of carrying out the mission. You see, they had only gotten about halfway to the promised land, and now Joshua is appointed to carry out the mission of helping the Israelites to get back to the, to get to the place where God is calling them to be. You see, this journey wouldn't be an easy task for Joshua because it would mean that he would help them to reorient themselves to recognize that they are God's own special possession. But then they're also called to be a certain type of people and to live in a certain type of place. Joshua's whole journey was spent helping the Israelites to reorder and prioritize God in a place that would put God first, where they would love God, serve God, fear God. And obey God. This was hard for Joshua as he was seeking to reorient their lives, to help them reorder things in their lives, to put God first, seek by first having them to remind themselves that they were God's own special possession, convincing them of this identity that they held, that people told them they weren't, but they were. He had the task of helping to lead them to the promised land, which he did, but it took an awful lot. He had the journey, he had the task and the leadership journey to help lead them through a battle with the Canaanites and multiple groups of the Canaanites, which defeated the, which defeated them, but then they also had the opportunity to regain victory. They had to learn the hard way even in being defeated that it is their obedience that God wants the most. It is their heart that God wants the most and desires the most for from them. It is their worship that God really wants. God doesn't want their golden calves and their special possessions, but they are the special possession that God wants to offer themselves fully to a God who loves them fully. Joshua was even charged with the task of dividing up the the people of Israel into 12 tribes to give them a special identity in their own, of their own, and then to set them forward in a brand new direction. And today, this is where we're dropped off at, at verses 14 and 15, where Joshua is now giving them a brand new charge because he's at the end of his spiritual leadership journey with the Israelites. He's getting ready to pass on from this earth into eternity, and he gathers his leaders together, both the elders and the judges, some of the priests, and he has a conversation with them. 
in hopes that they will relay a message to the rest of the Israelites, giving them this option. As they journeyed together, they take a pause and Joshua asks them, will you go back to relying on yourself and your own strength and your own coping mechanisms, your own power and your own source of authority, your own idols and even your own gods, the gods that your parents and your grandparents served before you crossed the river? Or will you rely on the God that has spent time with you delivering you and loving you? This God who you had fought battles with, will you now serve the God that has made God's self aware to you? Will you choose the gods of old or will you accept the God that you have spent time getting to know? This is the place where Joshua is and he's presenting this option to them. Will you serve the Lord with your full being? Will you trust in the God Yahweh who has proven himself to be more than this world could ever be to you? And will you rely on everything that God seeks to give you and in all the ways that God seeks to shape you as the people of Israel? Which option will you choose today? Am I helping you to reorder your lives in a way that helps you to make the right decision? And they do make the right decision. They realize that they have served God and that God had been faithful to them. And in Joshua asking them to make the option, he is almost begging for them to make the right choice, but to constantly make the right choice each and every day on their faith journey. To be constantly reminded of a God who is a delivering God, who is a merciful God, who is a faithful God, who has spent time with them. A God who provides for them in a wilderness place, no matter where you find yourself. A God who will stand up for you and fight for you. A God who will lead you wherever you are in life and lead you from wherever you are in life. A God who will cover you no matter what the covering is and to protect you with his loving grace. But then more importantly, will you serve and choose a God who pursues and loves you with radical, unfailing, incomprehensible love? Will you choose that God? Because the God that I just named chooses you. And then we're given the choice to rely on a God that chooses us all the time. Joshua gives this charge and this challenge and acts the Israelites this question. And I invite you to read the rest of Joshua to figure out how that story unfolds. But for today, I think that that same charge and question can be asked of us today too. As we're seeking to recalibrate our lives as a church, as we're seeking to recalibrate our lives as a people, as we're seeking to recalibrate our lives as a community, we too are asked the question, what God will we serve? Will it be our own vices? Will it be our own systems, our own approaches? Will it be through our own power, our own coping mechanisms? Or would it be with a delivering, faithful, loving God who leads us and provides us and covers us? That's the question that we have. And not only will we serve that God, but will we choose that God and make God a priority in our lives by first reordering things in a way to ensure that he is. You see, the problem for the Israelites, and I think it's more, most certainly the problem for us, is that the world does not help us or our surroundings and our society doesn't help us to make God first. 
I wish I could whisper back to the Israelites uh, after riding in a time machine after riding in a time machine to say, "You're not the only ones that's struggling." We too in 2023 are having the same issue. You're doing all right, but continue to choose the Lord, your God. Continue to be faithful and continue to love God. You're not alone. You see, like the Israelites and for us too as a humanity, we are all susceptible to our own proneness, our own natural inclination as a humanity. And our world doesn't help because if you look at the most basic element of our lives, like the days of the week, society would tell you that you put all the things first, like your jobs and your careers. You put your family and your duties, your responsibility. You put soccer and futsal and all the things first. And then at the end of the week comes God. It's where you make the space to make God the priority at the bottom. But today we're encouraged to think of where God is at the bottom, to place God at the top of our lives. And to recognize that as the most prominent and most important place that God should be from here on out. If not, we're susceptible to our own ways as a humanity. We are susceptible to our own natural inclination to fall into our own fallenness and brokenness. I know that I'm guilty too. Old Pastor Donovan. If you're like me, I can slip into my own natural inclination too. Sometimes I'm not as careful. Sometimes I found myself not relying on the right things. Sometimes I rely too heavily on my friends than I do God, seeking to fill temporary voids. Sometimes I rely too much on movies as a way of escapism when I'm experiencing tough times. I have a difficulty sometimes committing to plans. I have a tendency to grow bored easily. Sometimes I have this self, this uh, self-centered and vain perception that I have to constantly put in check with the Holy Spirit. And sometimes I make impulsive and rash decisions, but that's my stuff. And I need God to help inform those things in my life so that I can grow and become better. I have to choose God daily over and over again so that God could finish and complete a good work in me. What about you? We have to recalibrate our lives and live open to the fact that the good work that God is seeking to work in our lives, God wants to complete and finish. But we have to live open to making sure that God is a priority in our lives, that God comes first, that our life is reordered in a particular way. So how do we maintain this order? How do we get this order? And how do we recalibrate our lives to make sure that God is a priority? I'm glad you asked. Number one, I want to submit to you, you fix the drift. You fix the drift. When I was a teenager, um, I oftentimes uh, would go to camp. Well, from middle school to about high school, I would attend uh, camp. I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. And, I, and every summer we would go to camp. And uh, I love the beach. I love the water. I think it's great. I just don't like being in the water. I do shower from time to time. And bathe from time to time, but I, I really, I don't like the water. My kids and my wife, they play in the water, they have a great time. I just like to be near the water or sit on top of the water on a floaty. And I like to just relax <laughs> and just be to myself. And I oftentimes would take naps. Well, this particular time at camp during our recreation time, I find myself doing what I like to do best when I'm at the beach or the lake. I get on a floaty, I sit there, I relax, but this particular time, old Pastor Donovan fell asleep. I found myself being asleep for about 30 minutes, 
And when I woke up, I woke up in a panic, only having to find that I had drifted a quarter of a mile away from the beach's shore. Yikes, you can laugh at me. That's fine. I'm okay. I've healed. <laughs> I found myself drifting up, drifting away. I have this deeply held belief that the distance that's created between us and God, that the, the distance that we create between ourselves and the Lord, our God, doesn't happen overnight. That we don't one day wake up and decide to drift away from God, but like how I was when I was asleep, it's a slow roll. It's an easy and quiet drift that you never notice until you wake up and you find out that you've been asleep for about 30 minutes and you've drifted off so far. It's a slow roll. It doesn't happen overnight. I will submit to you that I think that that's the problem with a lot of us today in our spiritual lives. We find ourselves in a drift or on a drift or sleep as we're drifting away from God. And the charge is, is that we fix this drift, that we wake up and we realize that there are people waving us down and blowing a whistle, telling us to wake up and to be mindful of how far we have drifted away. Because it's time to come back, realize how far you've gone, come back to safety and move on to the next thing. Fix the drift. Number two, fear the Lord. Not this type of fear where we're sad, not sad, but where we're afraid or where we're trembling as to who God is or that God is some big judge. But no, the type of fear that helps us to live in utter amazement as to how God's hand is on our lives, to be mindful of how God's hand is on our lives and to respond to that, to respond to that hand, to God's hand, to God's presence in our lives, God's initiative in our lives as a response to love God and to fall so deeply in love with God that we make our whole heart and soul and strength and mind serve God. That's the type of love God wants for us to have for God. But first, we've got to do the work of reorienting and recalibrating our lives and priorities to ensure that we have fear and love of God, that we fix the drift, and then lastly, that we serve God with mindfulness. I want to tell you today to take off the autopilot feature on your humanity, because the autopilot feature on your, in, within your humanity can allow you to think that you aren't going anywhere. Or you could allow yourself to be taken to a place that you never intended to go. Or you could find yourself in this stuck place in life, not heading somewhere, but going nowhere. You know the destination, but it's a hard thing to get there. And you take off the autopilot feature and you live mindfully as to how you are to reorder your life. That you serve God not just as a brilliant or nice or cute idea, but serve God out of a living, breathing relationship with God. I believe God wants for us to live with that type of life, live within that type of living and life, and to love God with that type of love. So what's the point? I'm glad you asked again. To make the choice every day to serve and to love God Again and again. 
choosing the Lord, that option is not a choice that we make once and decide that that's enough. But we wake up every day with that deep sense of choice that I choose you today, God. Be the head of my decisions, my choices, how I love, how I lead, how I start relationships, how I continue relationships. And how I serve in this world because I bear your name as your special possession. Amen.